Hey there, Lisa Schwartz here. Welcome to my podcast, Teach and Talk with Lisa, where we are unpacking biblical principles with everyday words and applying them to our everyday lives. Now, in this series that we are starting, we're going to be talking about unpacking your generational baggage. In this first episode, we're going to just be talking a little bit about God and how he is the God of generations and his desire to cultivate and to multiply his people. Um, Now, what it's important for us to understand is that God is intentional uh, to multiply things. He's a God who increases. He's a God who works from glory unto glory. And why this is important is because in the very beginning, um, God wanted to multiply his kingdom through his people. And with that, he wants to multiply blessings. Uh, Meaning if a mother or a father experiences a level of blessing in their life, it is God's design and it is God's desire that the next generation would experience an increase in those blessings. This is God's heart for his people. The Bible says that it delights the father to bless his children. That word bless means to set them up for success, uh, meaning increase. Biblically, when we're talking about success, we're always talking about increase, multiplication, fruitfulness, prosperity. Um, And so don't distort it. Don't get it mixed up with uh, the world's uh, definition of success. Uh, Whereas when God talks about setting them up for success, blessing them so that they are to have a natural bend towards increase in generation. So why this teaching is so important is that we can often see things passed down from generation to generation Um, both to the good and also to the bad. Now, I mentioned that it is God's desire to increase from generation to generation. Um, It is also the enemy's desire to increase as well, because remember, the enemy is always going to mimic the characteristics of the Father. Um, And so just as God wants to increase blessings within families, the enemy wants to increase curses within families. So I like to call this unpacking your generational baggage, but we're really going to be talking a lot about generational curses and generational blessings. So hang in with me through this entire series as we kind of uh, discuss a lot of what does this mean to us? Do we have some tendencies? Uh, what we're going to be learning about the difference between iniquities, sins, and transgressions. So some tendencies. Do you and I have some tendencies uh, that are rooted in spiritual curses versus tendencies that are rooted in spiritual blessings? So we're going to be talking a lot about that. So make sure you hit that notification bell uh, because you don't want to miss each one of these episodes as I'm going to be walking you through and teaching on how to unpack our generational baggage, uh, good and bad. How do we discover the blessings that God has in mind for our lineage, as well as how do we discover maybe some of the curses that have entered in there? Where did they come from? What are they rooted in? How do we get rid of them? How do we change them in our lives? Now, if you are interested in actually taking uh, my online workshop, you can go to my website, uh, click on uh, online courses, and you can find Unpacking Your Generational Baggage. It's very interactive. It'll come with downloads. Uh, It'll come with a lot of teachings. Um, So you can actually kind of dive in a little bit deeper through that online course. All right, so many people struggle with tendencies or personality bends that we feel 
trapped by. So perhaps you feel like you have a personality bend uh, like uh, control or you have some OCD or you uh, struggle with fear. Maybe it's something a little more, I say more, again, in, in God's eye, it's all sin, but maybe it's something a little bit more blatant or like addictions or uh, abuse. Maybe you have a tendency uh, towards depression. Um, anything that you feel like is a part of your personality that you often feel trapped by. Like, oh, I can't stop this anxiety or I can't help it when I get that angry or I got so mad that I, I, got, I saw red. Those kinds of things. Um, those often are generational curses that God wants to break off of you. So in order for us to be set free from some of these things, one of the first things we need to do is really be honest with ourselves about some of the tendencies that we have that are less than the personality of Jesus. Um, to put it very directly, I like to say, if you have a personality or tendency characteristic that is less than or different than the personality or tendency characteristic of the person of Jesus, it is likely a sin in your life. Uh, more specifically, it could potentially be an iniquity or a generational curse. Again, hang in there with me. I'm going to be teaching all the way through all of these. But in the beginning, I want to immediately make this teaching relevant to you. How do I move beyond some of the personality traits that actually irritate myself? I don't know if you guys have ever been in that place. I know I have been where I'm like, ah, I was not my favorite person in that moment, or I didn't like the way I was thinking, or where you feel stuck in your own emotions or your own behavior, or you're engaging in a pattern of behavior and you know in that moment this is not what you want to be doing. Uh, Romans chapter 7, Paul talks a lot about that in feeling the iniquities or the sins or the tendency of the flesh, but yet your spirit is waging war against that, saying, I want to be set free from this. Um, these are the things that we are talking about. So this series is designed to help you understand your full rights as a child of God, to be set free from those things that are keeping you from walking in the fullness of your God design, your God potential. So we're going to help identify traits and characteristics that are not like Christ and I want to help you move beyond them so that you can start living in the fullness of who you are called to be. All right, so we want to walk in the fullness of God's inheritance and not our natural inheritance. So every single one of us, for those of you who have read my book, Enforcing You, if you have uh, watched any of the episodes where I talk about uh, your personality traits, we talk a lot about your system and your culture having this influence on you and how your system and your influence uh, and your culture begins to influence and mold your personality traits, your personality bends, which is an iniquity. We're going to be learning about that and how a lot of time then that begins to define your personality. Now, I know we do a lot of these personality tests. Um, while those are really good at helping you explain, um, identify, uh, tendencies that you have, explain why you do what you do. We should never allow those personality traits to define us. So a lot of times we will allow those uh, personality traits to excuse why we are the way we are. So for example, somebody might say, well, I'm just a type A. 
And that's why I act like that. I'm, I'm a type A. Well, they're just going to have to accept that I'm. this is kind of the way that I think. This is the way that I'm wired. Um, and a lot of times we say, well, that's the way I'm wired. That's the way I've always thought. And we allow those to excuse us from actually changing, recognizing the right and the power that God has given to us to say, that is actually my natural tendency, but God, and through the blood of Jesus Christ, I have the right and I have the power to change that tendency. And I no longer want to be controlled by control. I don't want to be controlled by fear. I don't want to be controlled by addiction. I don't want to be controlled by OCD, whatever it is. And look, we can, we can from the spectrum, we can talk about these extreme, uh, really obvious characteristic traits like depression, mental illness, addiction, all the way to the subtle, where is uh, poverty, where oh, if your family lineage has a history of failure, if your family lineage has a history of um, things less obvious like addiction, suicide, um, abuse. Um, so I really want you to allow the Holy Spirit to begin to examine your heart and consider spaces and places where you are living less than you could be, less than you should be, and probably less than you want to be. Um, so this whole series is about empowering you to walk in your fullness, the fullness of your rights as a child of God, to be loosed into the inheritance of the kingdom and to be set free from the inheritance of your natural man and your natural lineage. So let's go back to how God is a God of generations. In Genesis 1.28, it says, go and multiply. He says, it says, God blessed them, meeting Adam and Eve, and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. To multiply means to grow and to increase, to become numerous, to become many. God in this moment was creating generations. So he is a God of generations. Um, in Genesis 17, 7, he says, I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you for generations to come to be your God and the God of your descendants after you. In Ephesians 3, 20, 21, it says, Now to him who is able to do far abundantly more than we, all, we could ever ask or think according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations. So what we're learning here is God is the God of generations. So I think a lot of times we feel like the generations before us is all negative, is all curse. And what we have to do is we have to shift our mindset in recognizing that God created the idea of generations and he created them so that he could cause his people, moreover, cause his kingdom to become numerous, plentiful, prosperous, successful, abundant, fruitful, multiplying throughout the generations to come. So again, what happened here? Satan cut in on this and also wanted to create generations of sin. We know in Romans 5, 12, it says, therefore, just as sin entered into the world through one man and death through that sin, in this way, death came to all people because all sinned. So 
instead of reaping generational blessings, the enemy has cut in and he wants you, he wants me to reap generational curses. Okay, so we're going to be talking about what is a curse. Uh, ungodly or negative patterns transferred from generation to generation. I'm going to say that again because a lot of times we hyper-spiritualize, oh, there's a curse on you or there's a curse in your life or y'all, that includes all of us without the blood of Jesus because uh, any ungodly or negative pattern that has been transferred into your life because of your system because of your generation before you, uh, and I'm trying to keep this really practical and really applicable to our lives. Again, I think a lot of times we dismiss ourselves from any of these things and then we end up living a lie. We end up living less than because we haven't been honest with the fact that I could be set free from that fear of man or I could be set free from lack of success in my life, or I could be set free from that irritability that I struggle with, or I could be set free from sleeplessness. I could be set free from fatigue. Um, all of these things um, are not just also just learned behaviors, conditioned behaviors. All of that plays a part in it, but they are also there's also a spiritual root behind all of them. So we want to go beyond the patterns, we want to go beyond the behaviors, and we want to get after that spiritual root. So again, I'm, I'm trying to give you ideas all up front in this first episode so that you're hitting that notification bell so that you and I can be set free and coming into the fullness of who we're called to be. All right, so let's keep this real for a moment. I want you to grab a piece of paper, or you can just sit and listen, that's fine, but I really want you to take this seriously. What is your family? When I say your family, I want you to take a look at generations before you. So your mother, your father, your grandmother, your siblings. What is your family characterized by? Okay, so look back and see if you see any patterns in your life. Think about your grandparents. Think about your parents. Uh, think about you, your own life. Um, so this could look like, oh, there's a pattern of divorce. Uh, or there's a pattern of abuse. Or there's a pattern of depression or there's a pattern of anger, or there's a pattern of overworking, um, there's a pattern of uh, being out uh, in the career and not being home enough, or there's a pattern of uh, lack of success. Maybe there's a pattern of poverty in your life or in your generations. So I really want you to pause for a moment, take that very seriously, hit that pause button even, um, get out a piece of paper, start with your grandmother, start with your grandfather, start with your mother, start with your father. Uh, maybe there's a pattern of suicide. Maybe there's a pattern of, uh, I think I mentioned mental illness. Um, and what you will notice is, you, is we want to really allow the Holy Spirit to begin revealing patterns in your family. Why? Because those patterns are likely tied to a curse. So what we're looking for is evidence of a generational curse in your family. Again, don't shy away from this. Don't be like, Ooh, this is weird. It sounds witchcrafty or what have you. I want us to really demystify the idea of generational curses and really recognize what is God really talking about here. All right, so push that pause button if you need to and then come on back. All right, so let's move on. Um, in Deuteronomy 30, 50 through, 15 through 19, I'm going to read this to you, but I want you to write that down. I want you to take some time to really look these passages up for yourself 
because we're going deep into some generational stuff in our lives. Um, and so if you're just sitting here watching this and you're not allowing this to really go deep, you're not giving room, making space for the Holy Spirit to really reveal truths in your life for you, then it's possible you might miss it. The enemy wants you to miss it. The Holy Spirit wants to reveal it. It says, see, I set before you today life and prosperity, death and destruction. For I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him and to keep his commands, decrees and laws. Then you will live and you will increase and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are entering in to possess. But if your heart turns away and you are not obedient, if you are drawn away to bow down to other gods and worship them, I declare to you this day that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live among the live long in the land you are crossing um, the Jordan to enter and possess. This day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God, listen to his voice and hold fast to him. For the Lord is your life and he will give you many years in the land he swore to you and to give to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Going in Joshua 24, 15, it says, choose for yourselves, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Now, why am I reading these, these sections to you? Because it's important to know that God is distinguishing a very clear difference between living a life filled with blessings and living a life filled with curses. Now, remember, anything that looks less than the fullness of what God has in mind for you, in your personality, anything that looks less than the compassion of Jesus, the grace of Jesus, the patience of Jesus, the love of Jesus. It is possible in those spaces or in those places that you struggle with that you are living according to a curse, a generational curse, and God wants to set you free from that. Now in Joshua, it's saying select. That word choose for you means select, choose, blessing, or curses. Which one will you live in accordance to? When it goes on, it says, but for me and my house, if you were to read that in the Hebrew, that, that idea of my house, it denotes the idea of my generations. So what we learn from this is that you have the power to change the entire trajectory of the generations that are yet to come from you. So in these passages, God is saying, look, it doesn't matter what has been behind you. It doesn't matter what has been downloaded into you. It doesn't matter the curses or the blessings that have come into your life. You have the power to re-choose and therefore 
re-navigate the entire trajectory of not just your life, but the life of your children, the life of your grandchildren, the life of your great-grandchildren. This is so important. I need you to get this because often what happens is we feel stuck, we feel trapped by what has been happened, what has been established in the lives of those who lived before me. And we do not recognize our right and our authority to change that trajectory. You have the power to shift that in your life and also your children's lives. Read it again. Choose for yourself, but as for me and the generations that are yet to come, Joshua is already making a declaration, not just for his life, but for the life of his children, the life of his grandchildren, great-grandchildren, and generations that are yet to come. Okay, so I want you to recognize your power, your authority to change the trajectory of the patterns in your family lineage. Somebody needs to say that. I have the power to change the direction of my family lineage. Just because your family has always been or always had a particular pattern does not mean you have to continue in it. Okay, so let's move on and talk about sin, iniquity, and transgression. So it's important that we understand this. Now, um, to sin means to miss the mark. To sin means to miss the mark. Now, the Bible tells us in Romans 3.23 that we all fall short of the glory of God. So to fall short of the glory, which is the character, if you have not watched my series on the anointing versus the glory, go watch that. We talk all about how the glory of the Lord is the character of God. So in Romans 3.23, where it says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, it's not just talking about the presence of God is talking about falling short of the character that God has given us through the blood of Jesus Christ to be able to walk in. He designed us to walk in his character. Think about Adam and Eve. They were created in the purity and the the person of Jesus Christ. They were created in his likeness. So they were designed to walk in the same tendencies of God. Now, I don't know about you, But I don't always operate in the same tendency of God. When somebody is irritating me, my tendency is not to have compassion on them. My tendency is to either protect myself, defend myself, avoid that person. Sometimes I pride myself in tolerating them, but I certainly have a hard time loving them, having compassion on them, celebrating them. That's the character of God. Now, I've got to be honest with myself if I want to change. And I want you to be honest with yourself as well. So to sin means to miss the mark. I'm also going to tell you that it's not just falling short of the glory. It's not just missing the character of God in your life. I believe it also means not fulfilling the purpose of of God in your life. So I think to the same degree... To the same degree that it is a sin to not walk in the character of God, I believe to fall short 
of the plan and the purpose of God is also a sin, meaning I've operated in fear and I never fulfilled. I operated in apathy and I never fulfilled. Um, I operated in, in poverty and I never walked in prosperity. I operated in depression and I never walked in the fullness of joy. These, all these things are sin, direct sins in our lives. So let's move on to a transgression. So a transgression is the manifestation of that sin. So sin typically starts in our heart and our mind and then to transgress means I'm going to act upon. So I can have the sin of fear in my heart, but I begin to transgress when I allow that fear to manifest through action in my life. So now I'm actually crossing the boundary. I'm not just, so if you think about trespasses or um, to transgress means to trespass across a boundary. Often transgression is, happens when we have undealt with sin in our heart, in our mind. Um, so we know in James it talks about that progression of sin, that it starts with a thought. At first it starts in your heart and your mind, and it eventually leads to death. It walks us through this progression of sin turning into my action, becoming my behaviors, and now I live in a state of transgression. So that's what it means to transgress. But what we're going to be focusing on in this entire series is the word iniquity. Iniquity means it is a repeated transgression, a repeated transgression that becomes a bend or a disposition toward that sin. So it keeps you stuck in that space. So for example, let me give you extreme examples so you can, my grandfather beat my grandmother and I watched it over, he sinned and transgressed over and over again. And then my father lived in that. And because he now has a predisposition and a tendency towards anger and abuse, he now sins and re repeats that through uh, transgressing and he, he beat my mother. Um, now I struggle with anger and feeling very explosive and hitting a wall. And I have that same predisposition, predisposition, that iniquity that is in the bloodline that now loops me into a state of sinning on a regular basis. We see the same thing with depression. When we see a pattern of how somebody actually behaves when they allow the um, attribute of, de of depression to control their actions. They don't get up and go to work. Then they live in poverty. Uh, they uh, are unable to cope with emotions. Maybe they end up doing drugs, um, all of those things. And so what happens is that creates an iniquity in the generations to come, a predisposition for them to have those same sins and transgressions in their lives. I hope you're following this. So it ends up getting us stuck in this loop. So what happens is those, um, anything less than the character of God um, is that pre, it, it can be an iniquity, is an iniquity. Um, and at this point, the original sin typically, typically becomes unknown. So a lot of times now we just have this predisposition. Do you remember in the very beginning I said, when we're like, well, that's just my personality trait and those, and we no longer even acknowledge the original root, the original sin of fear or um, gluttony. Maybe we just think, well, I've just always been overweight. I've always overeaten, whatever it is. I've always handled my emotions with food. Man, now I'm poking at some people. I've always, uh, I've always handled my emotions by watching TV, uh, whatever it is. And we, we no longer even recognize 
the actual sin because our life has just become this life of iniquity or this predisposition towards this thing or this natural bend that we have. So it enters into the bloodline at that point. So this is why it's so important that we're willing to go back into our lineage to identify spiritual roots to what might seemingly be um, even uh, not harmful tendencies, but if they are keeping you from something better or they are keeping you from the fullness of Christ, I really am hoping that you're taking a look at some of the places in your life that aren't necessarily obvious. Um, we're not, not, you know, I don't want us to just think about, I don't want you to be like, oh, I don't have addiction. I don't have pornography. I don't have abuse. I don't have depression and push pause and think this doesn't, uh, isn't relevant to you because there are so many characteristic traits that we have just frustration. Some of us, I know I've had to struggle. Uh, I've had to battle with, um, the disposition towards living in disappointment, um, that comes from, it's rooted in a high performance lineage. Um, and so, my family's always been very successful. We've always performed very high. And because of that, if you didn't perform to a particular expected level, there was disappointment. And so now I struggle with that emotion. That is an iniquity that has been passed through the bloodline. So Isaiah 53 says that Jesus was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for the iniquity. Remember, iniquities are in the bloodline. It's that predisposition that we end up, this bend that we have towards sin because of generations before us. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have all turned, every one, to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him, on Jesus, the iniquity of us all. This is great news. This means... That not only did he take your sins upon him on the cross, not only did he die for your sins and your transgressions, but he was bruised so that he could remove even the iniquities from your life and in the lives of the generations that are yet to come. So transgressions are like wounds that we can often see them. They are on the surface, whereas iniquities are bruises. They are in the blood. They are under the skin and they run a lot deeper. So they are a little more hidden. That's why I really want you to allow the Holy Spirit to search you and examine you. So spiritually, an iniquity is passed down through the bloodline, either genetically or behaviorally, which we often call conditioned behaviors. So what does this look like practically in our daily living and who we are in life. Often what starts out as sin in one man gets passed down throughout generations and later is a trait or a tendency. I'm just summing this up for you. That we often chalk up as our personality or just who we are. So a lot of times, again, we just say, well, that's just who I am. This is my personality. That's the way I'm wired, those kinds of things. And this is not biblical. Because again, I'm going to say it, if your personality, the who you are, the way you define yourself, if it is anything less than the glory or the personality, the character of Christ, it is sin, 
in your life. I am not saying this to condemn you. I am saying this to invite you to step into a whole nother level of freedom of who you are called to be. So it is possible for you to be saved, but still be living with generational baggage in your life, still be under the influence of an iniquity in other words, under the influence of a generational curse. All right, so this sums up episode one. If you are interested in more information on generational baggage, head to my website, click on the online courses, and you can find the online course there. So from now until episode two, remember enforcing purpose. It starts with you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You can also find me on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, or you can check out my other podcast show, Enforcing Purpose with Lisa Schwartz. For general information or resources, head to my website at www.lisa-schwartz.com. Thanks for listening.